godly ocean of appetites. For the godly ocean of appetites. For the godly ocean of appetites. For the godly ocean of appetites. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Commuters Communion, your devotional appetizers for the godly on the go. Our goal is to help you to stay spiritually fed through your communion with Christ, even if you got to stop by the drive-thru. My name is Terrence Moore, your chef, your host, all of that. And I will be serving up today's appetizers. As for what's on the menu today, the Worshipper Workout. Cue Kanye West workout plan. Uh, just kidding. I know it's Christian. Cue Tatra Bet. Work it out. Um, <laughs> all right. Yo, I know it's uh, summertime, at least when I'm recording this. I hope everybody's gotten out to some good weather, to a beach or something. Um, you know, time for you to put in work to get your summer body. That's over. Summer's going to get whatever body's going to get. Um, yeah, you know, uh, as I reflect on physical shape on that note, um, you know, I was in my best shape of my life between 8th and 10th grade. This was when I was in Louisiana, and my football team then was just on a different level um, in terms of talent, in terms of coaching, in terms of work ethic. We were some goons. We was just some country boys who loved the game of football, and we worked hard. Um, I remember being in incredible shape, partly because of our workouts. We'd have early morning workouts in the summer, and I loved them. Um, and actually, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if I really loved them or if I really just committed to the process, if I really just embraced it. Um, and actually, the more I think about that time, the more I wish that I can not only, again, be in that physical shape, but also have that mindset that led me to that shape um, and have that within my physical life and my spiritual life. What I mean by that is is the the fact that it's not that we had some elite routines or some top of the line equipment or anything like that. But when I think about that team and those workouts and where we was at, we just had the right mentality. We had the right mentality as individuals. We had the right culture as a team. Um, and that led to, yeah, just me being in really good shape. And more importantly, the mentality of a champion for our team. As I look at my spiritual life with Christ, I don't not only want to have a champion mentality walking in the victory of Christ, but even more importantly, I want to have the heart and posture of a worshiper. I want my relationship with Christ within everything I do within my day to day life to be one that adores him and that uses whatever comes my way as an opportunity to worship in the same way that I used to use those workouts whatever coaches might have put in it for that day as an opportunity to get better and as an opportunity to to just enter into this secret place and yes i mentioned i want most importantly my heart and posture to be that of a worshiper one whose gaze is fixed on christ and consumed in the awe of him in a way that cultivates joy and growth and impact and to be honest i think some of those same things that cultivated prime physical shape for me are going to be key factors in getting me to that place spiritually. So with all that said, the main point that I have for you today is actually more of a challenge. That challenge is for you and that challenge for you, the listeners, is this. Cultivate joy and growth as a worshiper through embrace. That's the challenge for today. That's the main point for today, too. The way that you grow, the way that you cultivate joy, the way that you do all these things and adopt this heart of a worshiper is through embrace. 
I'm going to walk through the few things that I'm focusing on in terms of what you should embrace. But before we do that, let's look into Philippians 2. That's where we're going to be focusing on today. Philippians 2 verses 14 through 18. And it reads, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as light in the world holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith I am glad and rejoice with you all likewise you should also be glad and rejoice with me this is Paul writing to the Philippian church, talking about how they should work and live and do life as the church and as citizens. Uh, and yeah, pointing out even some of his model of how he was living and sacrificing and his attitude with that. Tying that back again, my main point and challenge for today is the way that you cultivate joy and growth as a worshiper is through embrace. And so I'm going to point out a few things that you have to embrace and things that really echo and remind me of my mentality uh growing up um yeah as an athlete i think to cultivate those things you have to embrace impact not circumstance i think to cultivate those things as a worshiper you have to embrace joy not discouragement and i think lastly to cultivate those things as a worshiper you have to embrace intimacy not isolation so let me start with the first of those in order to cultivate joy and growth as a worshiper, you have to embrace impact, not circumstance. It's funny that this passage starts off saying, do all things without grumbling or disputing. That lets me know that they probably have valid reason why they could have been grumbling or disputing. And it come, it's comprehensive, right? Grumbling is kind of what you do internally, right? You think it to yourself, you're a little irritated, you're like, Argh. You know, it's not like grumbling about something. You might do it, but your attitude with something is kind of agitated or irritated. And so that's internal. And then disputing, right? That's when kind of your frustrations boil up or maybe somebody done said something that's done hit you the wrong way. Now you fight, you're bickering, you're doing all of that. And Paul is like, look, whatever's going on, let your attitude be such that you don't grumble and dispute. And I think, you know, if any of y'all have ever played sports or been involved in any type of team atmosphere, you've probably been with that teammate that whatever the coach wanted them to do, it could be something light or it can be something heavy. They always had something to grumble about or dispute. And overall, it just didn't help. I think on the contrary, like if you were really a champion, whatever it was, you didn't grumble or dispute about it because you understood that it was making you better. You understood that it had impact. And again, that first point is about embracing impact, not the circumstance. There might be things that you're called to do right now that you might not be thrilled about. But do you understand or think about the fact that it's going to have fruit, that it's going to have impact? When you do, that should make all the difference in your attitude. When you do, you understand that it's not in vain. You, want, you understand that it's going to have a shift. It's going to have an effect. And if you make that the main thing, then why would you grumble? Why would you dispute? The other thing about embracing impact and not circumstance is that your circumstance can be a cultural wave. And if you're really going to have impact, you have to be countercultural, right? And so when this passage points out that you're going to be without blemish and innocent children of God in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, that's letting you know that you're going to stand out there, right? And so are you willing to be countercultural? Are you willing to be different in order to have impact, to be a light in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation? Once you can do that again, like 
you understand that you don't need to fit in in certain ways and you don't need to fit the status quo because it's about it's about you making impact and it's not about you folding to the circumstance of what's culturally cool or normal and it's not about the it's not about you folding to the circumstance of what's hard it's about you making impact and embracing that and embracing that to an extent to where you can just be in awe of God that he gives you such an assignment to have impact um, and that you enduring that and embracing that becomes a form of worship to God becomes a way in which you can say you love him and you value the ways he's loving you right now second point embrace joy not discouragement and so when you look at again just the way that those things can speak to you it's easy to get discouraged um it's easy to say like yeah these things are hard like maybe i'm doing this without a point like yeah like it's easy um and i think you know joy has to be a pursuit joy has to be a decision joy has to be something where you actively turn and process your gaze away from things that might cause you to be discouraged and towards things in which you can bring joy from when i look at paul at the end of verses uh, or the verses 17 and 18 he's talking about being sacrificed he's talking about pouring himself out he's talking about eventually maybe foreshadowing to his martyrdom being killed for his faith and dude is like i am glad and rejoice with you all likewise you should be glad and rejoice with me I don't know the extent in which uh, he felt joy or how I can't I can't pretend to know his mindset, but I do know that he was able to have joy, probably because he reflected on the same mindset that his savior had. The Lord said for the joy set before him, he endured the shame of the cross. And so I think like primarily when God looked at what was before him, he didn't see discouragement. He saw joy for the things that were in purpose and the love and the prize that was set before him. When you see the things that God has called you to, do you see that for reason for joy that he has invited you to participate within the same act that he has uh, taken up for you? Or do you primarily see discouragement? If you see the latter, Maybe we, that's an opportunity there for to ask the Lord for a change of perspective. So embrace joy, not discouragement, uh, based on your circumstance. And that, again, is an opportunity for you to really embrace the heart of a worshiper. And you will see joy and growth from that. The third thing is embracing intimacy instead of isolation. And so, you know, I think when I look back at just my experience working out just like with the team or things like that, I think those, I think those who maybe gotten the most, maybe they got some work or was able to compete the best. Those are the ones who embraced that This was in the context of like a team and they loved it. You know, like it became a part of the culture. Um, and I think like when it comes to, again, just how we, um, how we see our work, our journey, our day to day life with God if we're not actively thinking about the fact that like we are doing that with God and for God, for his joy, for him to be proud, then we're missing out. We're missing out on the chance for intimacy. And that's really just what the definition of worship is to understand that we're doing something for God, to God and with God. I want that to be the heart of everything that I think about from loving my wife to working with my my, my job, my career. I want that to be the heart with how I love my neighbors. I want that to be, to be the heart of how I push for advocacy and change and justice. Everything I want it to be for God, through God, echoing how God lived. That's worship right there. 
Um, and you do that, you, you, and you can do that, um, not being isolated by just understanding that again, um, he frames this in verse 15 is that so you can be blameless and innocent children of God. So you, you taking up the family business by doing this. This isn't an isolation. You're not alone. Like you're children of God called to do something that's def- that, that's hard indeed, but something that's not, um, and it's by itself in isolation. Um, and then lastly, of course, as it says in verse 18, I love how it ends that Paul is saying, you know, that you should be glad and rejoice um, as he's glad and rejoicing with you. And I think, again, I think that just echoes how Jesus also um, how Jesus also approaches us. He doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't also all, uh, already done as a, as a human and isn't continuing to do can do as a father. Um, when he's saying to, that you should rejoice and be glad with him, he tells us to do that. He says, likewise, because I am being glad and rejoice with you all. And so, yeah, that's reason, of course, for us to hold fast to the word of life. That's reason for us to understand that this is intimacy, that this is worship with God. That's reason for us to um, embrace this as an opportunity for worship. Uh, don't be deceived by the enemy to think that you're doing these things in isolation. That's not how the Lord works. And so, yeah, that's what this is about. This is about embrace all three of these points. Embracing impact, not circumstance. Embracing joy, not discouragement. And embracing intimacy with the Lord, not isolation. Um, and I just think, like, when you when you embrace that you've been anointed for that impact, given over to joy, and grounded in intimacy, you have no sting from death and discouragement. You'll actually have the heart of a worshiper. And that's what this is all about. And so... With that, let me leave you with a couple of things on your to-go plate. As you know, your to-go plate is a couple of thoughts or questions or prompts for you to take forward with you from this time and to develop out with the Lord. In cultivating the heart of a worshiper, are there ways in which you could better see God as A, a coach to you, as B, a teammate with you, and as C, a spotter for you? Think on that. Break that down. I kind of got deep with the metaphor, but you know what I mean. Um, So I pray that that's a blessing to you. I'm going to go ahead and pray to close this out. Dear Lord, thank you so much, oh God, for being the author of both our work as well as the one who powers us to do everything towards that work, oh Lord. You love us perfectly, and in your love, you push us and comfort us, oh God. You challenge us and also equip us, oh Lord. You guide us and also... Give us freedom, oh Lord. All these things that make you such a comprehensive guide, oh Lord. And we need more than we need uh, strength and kind of vision on what's next, oh Lord. We need the heart to be a worshiper as we embrace the challenge that comes with following you. As we embrace the call to pick up our cross and carry that and follow you. As we embrace the cost that comes with just losing our life to gain it. Help us in that journey, oh Lord. Help us to have the right mindset and heart and to have joy and growth as we do so. Equip your people, empower your people through your Holy Spirit, through your community, through your bride, through your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. I'm expecting like all-star workout athletes spiritually after this one, y'all. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I pray that this has been a blessing for real. Um, thank you for tuning in, of course. Um, And as always, stay fed.